0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Chris. You're listening to Tales from the Tar Heel State. Um, if that all went well, I hope you just heard the eruption by King Edward Van Halen. Um, we lost him this year. That really, really sucked. As I uh told my aunt <clears throat> when I first found out, I was like, I will be in seclusion in the West Wing until further notice little big Lebowski reference to you there. Sorry about that, burp. I know that was fucking rude. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Please excuse me. So anyways, uh, this episode, I want to talk about my love for music. And, um, you know, how important it is to me and how important it is to a lot of other people. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that shit can save your life, man. <clears throat> when I was growing up, <clears throat> for sure, I, I was a kid and, you know, my love for music started in my crib. That's what I've been told. Um, you know, my mom was like, you know, they would, back in those days, man, they would put you in the crib. And if you were crying and shit, they just let you in there. I mean, they just let you cry yourself to sleep if you were, you know, full or, you know, already been fed or didn't have a shitty diaper. I guess they just, that's how they did it back then, I think. Um, oh, by the way, I hope the sound is a lot better. Um Please let me know. Um, hopefully it'll, you'll be a little more inclined to listen now. <clears throat> I finally got the uh, cord adapter that I needed for this microphone, so um, hopefully it sounds a little better now. Um, anyway, yeah, so my mom said that she uh, put a radio in my crib and that uh, that I would just sleep and hang out in there and wouldn't cry, no problem and um so i've loved music as long as i can remember um the first records i ever had man were like i had (laughs) uh like the first long play record that i remember owning i must have been four or five years old and um yeah i had i had the first boston album more than a feeling i know y'all remember that one and um I had a Beach Boys, like a Greatest Hits or some shit, I think, and I had uh, a 45 of the Stones, man, fucking Heartbreaker. That's a that's a fucking rocking song, man. Heartbreaker kicks ass. <clears throat> I mean, even if you're not a Stones fan, if you like fucking hard rock and roll, man, come on. If you don't like that shit, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. But, uh, yeah, I had a bad, bad Leroy Brown 45. That's right almost forgot about that shit that, uh, Jim Croce, I believe. Um, but yeah, we were living up in the mountains at that time. Um, and, uh, I remember just vaguely, of course, I didn't know who he was at the time. Really. It was just another friend of my dad's, but, um, Merle Watson and my dad, uh, became buddies at, uh. They met somehow in the bathroom <clears throat> at a, a place up in the mountains and uh, somehow hit a – I think my dad invited him to a party or something. I think they were both taking a piss, and um, I guess my dad knew who he was, told him he was having a party or something. He showed up at the house, and um, from what I hear, some dude asked uh, Merle if he could play with him sometime, and Merle was like, picked this dude up and was banging his head well first told him that you know i'm one of the you know i'm the best picker on the planet you know you don't fucking ask to play with me motherfucker who do you think you are apparently when we're all get a little if you got a little drunk you might get a little a little mean There's a lot of a lot of mountain boys like that and they ain't, they don't mean nothing by that shit that's just you know they're just testing you out man seeing what you're made of you know that's how it was up there you know i moved around a lot and I got in a fight with the school bully almost every time I moved, and it really sucked. But, uh, you know, you stand up for yourself, and then those guys usually always like you. I, it's not like I had to keep fighting anybody or anything. just stood up for myself, and most of the time I ended up not even had to fight, although I did get sucker punched uh, a few times, i got to say. Guys hit me and ran like hell, and they realized they couldn't knock me out, I guess. Crazy, a kid that that young trying to knock somebody out, but there were some mean little shits up there, man, i got to tell you. Mean little fuckers. <clears throat> no doubt about it. But uh, anyway, yeah, Merle Watson um, and my dad were buddies for a while, evidently. And uh, I think my Uncle Vic and him, uh, RIP Uncle Vic, were buddies. And I guess my Uncle Vic went to go show his daughter the old cabin that Merle uh, had up there. And he called my dad all freaking out. He didn't know nothing about Merle Fest or none of that shit that had been made. And uh, I guess they had moved the old cabin that he had built or something down to the, I've never been to Merle Fest, but anyways, yeah, my Uncle Vic called my dad and was like, man, where the hell did Merle's cabin go? My dad's like, man, well, they moved that shit. What are you talking about? Um, But yeah, that's pretty, pretty crazy that my dad was uh, buddies with him for a while before he passed away. I know we got a phone call when I was in like, I think eighth grade or something. My dad got a call and found out about his uh, tractor accident and he was... Pretty bummed out, I'm sure. I don't know. My dad never really showed much emotion, so it's hard to tell how much he was bummed out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, that's some crazy North Carolina ties there for you to a famous, famous North Carolinian that uh, was around when I was very young. Um, Yeah, like five years old maybe. So, yeah, then, you know, growing up, <clears throat> listening to a lot of the radio and shit, you know, I, I always had a stereo in my bedroom. Like a full blown house stereo, you know what I'm saying? Like, my parents always had that for me. I guess it kept me occupied. I didn't have to <laughs> watch after me a whole lot, you know, in the mountains. Most of the time, I didn't really live close to anybody. I did later on, but not when I was young. And so, but I always had stereo. It didn't matter. I always had a stereo. My dad always made sure I did have that. But, you know, he was a music fan. So I always had music and shit, man, which was killer. It fucking saved me many times laying in my bedroom with my headphones on, listening to shit like <clears throat> you know, Van Halen and stuff like that. But um before that I remember just listening to the radio a lot. It was a lot of Michael Jackson and Prince and, you know, shit like that, man. Everything that was on the radio. Madonna, she was fucking huge. I remember having a crush on her, fucking Lionel Richie was huge then and Cindy Lauper and fucking Duran Duran was huge. And uh see I was about ten And my aunt, my Aunt G, cutie pie out there, wherever you are. I don't know if you're working today or if you listen to podcasts, but if you do, you know who you are. If you are listening, you know who I'm talking about here. She turned me on to Van Halen and fucking Ozzy and shit, man. And uh, my life has never been the same, of course. Uh, Fucking Randy Rhodes, man. I first was listening to that shit. I was like, oh my god, I was like ten. And I was listening to Scorpions Love It First Thing. Fucking must have played that a million times. The Night Ranger. Oh my God. The fucking album with Sister Christian on it and shit. I'm trying to remember the name of that. Midnight Madness or something, maybe? I don't know. Maybe let me know in the comments if you uh if you heard this shit. <laughs> if you remember that album, I don't know. Um But yeah, man, all of that shit. I was into all that shit. Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and You know, I just loved that shit. I guess, you know, Eddie, you're that age. That really draws you in. And, uh, of course, I was too young and sheltered living in the mountains. I didn't really know any uh, gay people. Although, looking back, there's a lot of of old fellas that sound really, really, really gay with their accents. But I don't, I think they're, maybe because of their upbringing, they're scared to uh, even to talk that or think of that, but whatever. Not there's anything wrong with the uh, being gay. They you know, they should just be who they are. I mean what the fuck, man. Don't let your religious shit do that to you, man. Be who you are. Um but yeah. Huge Randy Rhodes fan, oh my god. I uh, i must I've listened to Diary of a Madman and Blizzard of Oz a million times. A million fucking times and then when Tribute came out, oh my god, I fucking lost my mind for that shit. Um, but yeah, all the Aussie stuff, man. I love all that shit. Black Sabbath, huge, huge Sabbath fan. Really got into that, you know, in high school and um, huge Sabbath fan, man. Dio, get the fuck out of here. Love me some Dio. <clears throat> love the solo records. I really like Heaven and Hell, you know, and he was playing with Sabbath and shit like that with Ronnie James and. Uh, I forget who was it. Carmine was it? Carmine. Appassie was playing. No, no. Vinny Apiece, I think, was the drummer in that, if I remember correctly, on the first Heaven and Hell, uh, or maybe the second. I don't know. Fucking. Let me know if you, if you know what I'm talking about out there. Um, but yeah, man, my first fucking concert. When I was 15. Um, I went and saw Robert Plant. Motherfucking led zeppelin dude it was on the now and zen tour it was at the dean smith center and um i gotta tell you man that shit was like blew my mind that i was in the same building as robert plant first of all i was like holy fucking shit that's robert plant right there you fucking kidding me could not fucking believe it couldn't couldn't wrap my mind around that shit and i wasn't fucked up or anything well i did as soon as the the concert started, I didn't hadn't, you know, I didn't even have any pot or anything. I was like 15 and having weed was not something I had all the time and um yeah, somebody passed us a joint like almost as soon as the lights went off and I took one big toke off a joint and at 15 and not smoke pot all the time. I got a buzz on that shit with the light show and everything. Just I don't know. <laughs> Y'all might think that's crazy, but for me it was fucking awesome, man. I remember that show really well. Um, you know, for being so long ago. I mean, I remember he played uh, Communication Breakdown and I'm in the Mood for a Melody and uh, Tall Cool One" was a big hit then. I remember they played that, but uh, he played a fucking Immigrant Song. Um, shit, man, it was a killer list. I'd have to look at the lineup of that, or the list, you know, the set list for that show. But it was fucking killer for our first concert. I saw a few shows back then at the Smith Center. I saw uh, Guns N' Roses on their Use Your Illusion tour. Um, sadly, Stephen Adler was already out of the band, but you know it was the rest of the band was still together. I think Izzy was still in the band. I could be wrong. Blind Melon opened up for this for him when Shannon Hoon was still alive. R.I.P. Shannon Hoon. Lost him too early, but um, yeah, who else? Oh, I saw Aerosmith there on the Pump Tour. Man, that was fucking killer. Yeah, I must have been about 18 then, I guess, on the pump tour. And uh, that was a great show. Really, really good. They were sober at that time, as far as I know, anyway, and they were kicking some ass. Kicking some ass, man. No doubt about it. But, yeah, I've always loved fucking metal and stuff like that. And Oh, let's not forget back in the day, like, that whole time, like, right between that, that whole metal and hip, that whole, uh, like, pop shit in my life that's like when Run DMC came out and you know fucking Aerosmith and the Beastie Boys came out and I had already heard like Roxanne Roxanne like friends like I think even my cousin up or maybe my uncle up in Virginia had recorded that on like a cassette tape Roxanne Roxanne and like Atlantic Star and shit and you know I heard shit like that of course in The Message don't even know how i heard some of that shit living down here it's like talking about that shit i didn't even know that like people up north had ever even heard of shit like leonard Skinnerd man i thought that was just shit that people in the south heard i didn't I, I was so naive and sheltered growing up here in north carolina i didn't know diddly shit growing up you know not really not about the outside world i don't know how many other people you know grew up that same way but i sure shit did it was like what the fuck man it, I didn't, I don't, it never crossed my mind that people up north listen to Skinner or Marshall Tucker Band or the Outlaws or any of that shit. Um was listening to Joey Diaz podcast. Shout out to uh, Uncle Joey there. Fucking him talking about how much he loves Skinner and shit. And it it made me go back and listen to him. Because growing up here, you know, bands like that were like, it's a little stereotypical. So I, I listened to a lot of Sabbath and you know Zeppelin and Floyd and all that kind of shit, man. The Beatles, love the fucking Beatles. Like the first shit I ever, one of the first songs I remember falling in love with was "All My Loving." Fucking, all my loving I will send to you. Fucking Paul, man, killing it. But um, yeah, man, fucking oh, music, man, music save your fucking life you can save your fucking life. You're down in the dumps, man. That shit can bring you up, no doubt about it. Put on the right shit and fucking change your day. Put, you know, don't fucking put the news on, man. Get up in the morning and put on a fucking record, dude. I, I've got vinyl, so I, I say record. It's like I'm old, but I, I still, I still got records, though. I love that shit. I mean, I've got some fucking. I've got a mixer and shit over here, and big ass JBL fucking loudspeakers. But in my living room, you know, I have regular shit like a Denon, you know, stereo, some Pioneer uh, turntable, and some big ta- pi- some big Pioneer tall speakers, you know, like tower speakers. But they're not fancy. They ain't that fancy at all. I think I spent like 150 bucks on them. Maybe it's like 129 a piece, something like that. But you know. Yeah, in high school, all my hippie buddies fucking made me listen to The Grateful Dead. Fucking hated that shit. Oh, my God, drove me fucking nuts. Um, and then over time, I listened to it so much that uh I would find myself sometimes with, like, a tune in my head. And I'm like, what the fuck is this tune in my head? Because, I mean, I'll wake up in the morning with songs in my head. I don't know where the fuck they came from. And then that shit will be in my head sometimes for three goddamn days. I won't be really able to get that shit out of my head. And... um yeah, so yeah, a lot of the Grateful Dead, hearing that shit growing up, was like, come on, man. And then I remember getting really stoned when I was about 16 at my buddy Cybro's house. Shout out to Cybra and uh, R.I.P. Addison, who gave him that nickname. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, we, we got fucking really stoned, man, and he had some little Boston acoustic, like, shelf speakers in his bedroom and uh, a loud stereo system like a decent receiver and a good turntable and shit and he played uh jimmy hendrix nine to the universe like n-i-n-e to the universe i'd never heard that shit before man and it fucking blew my mind i was like wow okay then is this is like buddy miles and shit it's like Band of gypsies playing on that shit it's fucking killer um check it out if you can find it anywhere i don't know if you can I, I he had it on vinyl and then i found it at school kids records in chapel hill back when you'd still go to the record store all day like, that's what i would do i uh, found it on cassette there fucking far out right i played that shit till it fell apart um but yeah back in the day man before i had a car and a girlfriend and, you know all i had was my little dishwashing job i would you know, it's been like a whole. If I had to work Saturday night, I would go uptown early and like go to all the fucking stores up there and shit and check them out. All the used stores and stuff. Backdoor records and nice priced books and shit like that. Used to go to the music loft and look at instruments I couldn't play over in Carborough. It's fucking hilarious. You ever do that shit? <laughs> go in there and be like, man, if I could play that, if I had that guitar, I could fucking rock the house. Uh, yeah, I've got a guitar sitting here And a fucking banjo I can't play either one of them son of a bitches I've tried so many times And I don't, I want to be able to express myself through that But it's just not possible My hands go numb after about two seconds I'm sure it's just from So much uh, physical labor over the years, man It started happening when I was about 17 uh, Squeezing handles on fucking walk behind lawnmowers Old John Deere Old John Deere lawnmowers, that shit Fucked me up, man So I've had that problem forever, like 30 years now. It's fucking crazy. But, yeah, so I was like 15 and shit listening to all that stuff. And, you know, at that point, that's a pretty good pretty good chunk of music to listen to, you know. Uh, I had a pretty good – I thought I had a good, you know, idea of shit, what music was and what I liked and what I didn't like. And then I met a buddy of mine. I was, like, 18. He just graduated from college. I was just out of high school, and we – we worked together, and uh, he had been to the jazz fest up in Saratoga a bunch of times. And um, he started with turning me on to jazz and shit, always making me listen to jazz. And I was like, "Wow, this shit's fucking really cool, man!" You get stoned and listen to that shit on a good stereo, and start listening. Just, just pick out one instrument, you know. Don't let it be all jumbled up to you. If you, if it sounds too jumbled, just get high, man, and just concentrate on the drum part, you know. And let the rest of it just kind of blend in, and you'll. Be, you'll realize that even though it may sound like they might not be doing much at first, if you listen to just that part, you'll be like, God damn. It's just basically jamming the whole time. And and it's like that for every instrument. It's, and if you ever see that shit live, dudes have been wearing like a suit back there playing the drums. Looks like he's not even breaking a sweat. Sounds like he's doing a million things and he looks like he's, you know, he's not moving, and but his hands and feet are just all moving at the same time, doing different shit. You're like, wow. It's, it's impressive. You see it up close live, like some world class jazz. That shit will give you a new appreciation for it. And um, he turned me on to jazz, and I went to the jazz fest in Saratoga, like five years in a row in my twenties, and uh, that was fucking killer. I got to see a lot of the old, the old time acts, man. Like some because they would have you know a bunch of jazz and shit all day, like some modern shit, some old school like bebop and shit a little bit, not that much usually because you know it doesn't translate, I guess, to a big crowd of folks. I don't know. It's more of a smoking room, but you might get that out on the gazebo. They had that shit out there. Saw some cool shit out there on the uh, gazebo. I saw five guitars play Mingus once. That was fucking wild. They all had their own style of guitar. They were playing Charles Mingus. Man, fucking pretty wild. But um, so anyway, yeah. Um, again, I hope this mic is sounding a lot better, man. Shit. It's gotta be better than how it was before. I can't imagine it's not. Um so yeah, jazz, dude. Yeah, I went up there and then when I was like nineteen I talked about it a little bit where I wrecked the fucking R V and that was scary as hell on the Festival of New Orleans tour. But that that was that was cool too, man. We had a lot of bands on that. Um Buckwheat Zydeco was on there, R.I.P. Buckwheat, um, the radiators. Um actually got to say hello to the keyboard player there, my buddy Cybra. <laughs> came strolling up uh, I think they were probably burning one or something before that as we weren't we weren't able to sell, uh, sell our tea because the uh, the uh, what do you call it shut us down up there the union they're like you're not doing that shit here what are you talking about we got our own stuff we're selling our own drinks here you can't bring that shit in here get the fuck out of here with that shit so uh, <laughs> yeah so we were just hanging out at that show that was cool but yeah it was like uh, the radiators and Buckwheat Zydeco and uh, John Mooney and Bluesiana. um uh, who else did we have? Um, uh, Evangel Evangeline, I think, was one of them. It was like an all-girl band um, or all-woman band or what have you, all-ladies band. They were fucking killer. They were all great, lot, all the bands. It was a lot of, you know, I got to say that after listening to, seeing all the, I think we did like 17 shows or something on that tour. So, um, you know, I saw all those guys a lot. And I like Zydeco, but I can't listen to that shit But so long. So come on, man. But I did love the food. Um, I ate ate a lot of uh, jambalaya and red beans and rice and shit, although back then we were so busy during the week that I might eat once a day sometimes on the weekend. We were fucking busting ass, selling some tea, baby. Ice and cups all fucking day. Ice and cups, motherfucker. I'd done that shit till my fucking knuckles were bleeding before. And you'd have to go through the crowd and go get more ice. You'd fill up these huge, like, you know, big-ass trash cans on wheels with ice from wherever you were getting the ice at the venue. And then have to make your way back through the crowd and shit. And then you'd get back in there and just keep on hustling, dude. And then you would sell that tea all fucking day at that shit. So we would start, like, 7 in the morning making tea. And we would time we got everything cleaned and loaded back on the trailer at night, it'd be, like, 11 o'clock at night. You know, you might get like a 30-minute break during the day to just go catch your breath and shit. And then, you know, when you're done cleaning up, we had to go take a shower and stuff. So we'd go backstage behind, you know, every once in a while we'd get lucky and the bands will leave a fucking few beers behind or something or some water or something. Or we'd get to score a couple cold beers, which was awesome since we were like 19 and traveling. It's hard to get beer and shit when you're boss man. It's kind of a dick. (laughs) He went to Cornell, so he was much, much smarter than the rest of the world. He once showed me and Cy how to uh, (laughs) – he was showing us how to put water in a five-gallon bucket, man. Now, I'm a country boy from the south. I've got a truck out of the fucking ditch before that was stuck, and my buddy was flipping out that I was working for at the time, and he was panicking. And I just went and got one big log and threw it over there while he's on the phone flipping out, trying to figure out what he's going to do, what record service he's going to call. And then I went and got a big ass uh, long limb and stuck it under the bumper and used it, you know, with the fulcrum point there and some leverage, matter of leverage. And uh, told him to get his ass in the truck and crank it up. And I told him to hit the gas, hit the gas, and uh, I pushed him forward till his tires hit. Then he was like, "Man, you country boys know some shit." But this dude from Cornell was going to teach me how to put water in a five gallon bucket. He's like, "Here's the directions. I got my this ain't no shit now." first guys you're going to want to put the put the um the bucket underneath the spigot then you turn on the nozzle and me and me and Cy looked at each other we like is this motherfucker serious right now we could not fucking believe that he was talking to us like that but that's what you get with a fancy education i guess you learn how to be uh you know superior Condescending. I ah, so you learn how to do some of that shit. I'm not sure exactly, but you you know you probably learn how to pay off debt. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't have a fancy education, but I also didn't come out of there fucking deep, deep in a hole. So there's that. But um yeah, man, fuck, I'll, my man, my man, coach. We'll call him coach, um, and he knows why he's the coach. Um, he got that nickname from an old buddy of ours, Mole. He had no shit, Mole. That's that's that was his name, and uh, his brother's name was Dirty. That those are some North Carolina fucking uh, nicknames for you. Shout out Mole and Dirty. Hope y'all are doing good. Um but yeah he was talking about some bluegrass and shit and you know we started listening to that shit and talking about how much it's so similar to reminds me of jazz and shit or heavy metal where there's like it's really fucking fast sometimes but bluegrass seems like there's a lot more improvisation going on I, I could be totally fucking wrong since I'm just a singer uh I was I was washing dishes this place one time and I was back in the back whistling a song and I can whistle like a son bitch and um I was back there whistling And I did it all the fucking time, and this dude one day was like, man, are you a fucking musician? And I was like, no, man, I mean, I used to sing. And he was like, oh, oh." very dismissive of uh, singers, most musicians are, I find. Was it lead singers get LSD, lead singers disease and all that shit, but uh, Yeah. Bluegrass man Don't go sleeping on that shit Like uh, Billy Strings I wish you'd quit playing All that goddamn Grateful Dead shit And get back to playing Some bluegrass man Come on You're flat picking It's fucking awesome And I've heard all those Dead songs a million times Although I'm sure You're selling out Like a motherfucker Everywhere you go Doing that shit People miss the dead Boy These hippies Fucking miss the dead Not that I don't have A little bit of hippie in me I've never had A little hippie in me And I don't want one But you know What I'm talking about Um, anyways, um, so yeah, man, fucking, I guess I was in my, I guess about the time I met my wife or a little before, this is before I met my wife is I first read about like Dimebag, man, and that shit that happened to him in Ohio, which was fucking gank moved. Um, some of the most fucked up shit ever. Um, please, can we do something about the mental health system in this country? Please, please. Just. Don't spend so much money on bombs, man. Just take care of some fucking people here that need some help. We got plenty of money. At least we act like we do to do other shit, but not take care of anybody. I don't I don't fucking get that shit. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, I was like, man, I got to, I'd really gotten away from listening to metal for a long time. As you can tell by that timeline I gave you, uh, all the hippie music I listened to for a long time, I'm going to a lot of hippie concerts and shit, so many, like widespread so many times and. You know, not so many compared to widespread panic, fucking people. But like, you know, I've seen them like eight times, maybe, which is nothing compared to panic people. I know, I've seen fish like eight or nine times, and that, that's enough for me on those bands for sure. Um, I say I've seen the Black Crows a bunch of times too. I got to say, um, probably six or seven times. Um, but anyway, I really wanted to get back into listening to some metal, and I was trying to find some new shit to listen to, but. Uh, a buddy of mine was like man did you ever listen to Pantera and I was like no man no I didn't fucking listen to Pantera that fucking lead singer with his fucking skinhead and I didn't even think about him being racist and by the way I don't think they are I know dime had the rebel flag in there and shit like that and I know Phil said a bunch of stupid shit but you know who hasn't I guess said stupid shit but if you listen if you actually read the lyrics and listen to them especially like rise and shit on Cowboys from Hell it's it's clearly not <laughs> clearly not being racist that their message was not about that at all um, but anyway I went down a fucking rabbit hole of listening to them when Dimebag got killed and uh, it was like because everybody you know there was so much stuff outpouring I'm like man this guy was a fucking killer guitar player and what a fucking awesome dude he was and all this shit. So I've, I've listened to all their shit a million times at this point. I even, even the David Allen co shit. And I mean, I bought dime vision, uh, two and ordered that shit. My wife ordered me that. And that was fucking killer, man. Cause I had seen dime vision one on uh, YouTube, I guess. And I was like, I'm not gonna, if they, if they ever make another, one, I'm going to buy it so I could, you know, contribute to whatever I'm contributed to in there. But I wanted to do that. Um, I mean, like I said, I do have guns, but I don't. I have like shotguns and rifles, and I don't have, you know, crazy shit. And I mean, teach his own, do what you want to do. But I think the biggest issue is mental health. That's that's my take on that shit. But you know, anyways, fucking Pantera may be the um, the best metal band of all time. I I said it. I said it. I. I said it. I've, Sabbath is right there, obviously, probably number one. I guess they have to be number one because they, you know, were the first, and Tony Iommi is the fucking man, and Geezer and Fred and Ozzy. I mean, goddamn. Love the, just love those dudes. And, uh, but the Pantera shit, man, come on. So good. But yeah, oh, I'd always loved, liked my Motorhead, but I never listened to him that much. But then I really started listening to some Motorhead and shit. And when I watched the fucking Lemmy funeral, it fucked me up. I sat and watched that, it made me cry like a bitch. The Dean Smith fucking funeral made me cry like a bitch too. But Lemmy fucked me up too. So my cat's name is Lemmy Killmaster. Uh Just put a new video of him on Instagram. Check that shit out. He's he's a fucking badass. I love him. He's so sweet. He's sweet as he can be. I swear to God, he is. He. He cuddles up like nobody's business, but when he's done doing that shit, he will uh, grab a hold of you and and claw you with all four uh, limbs and bite hold. But as long as you just holler ow, ow, he, he looks You know he's real soft and gentle. He only just barely drew blood this morning. Um, but yeah, love my kitty cat. Let me kill Mouser. Check him out on Instagram. Um, but yeah, man, fucking um, stuff I've been listening to like. I want to give a shout out to fucking Blackberry Smoke, man, the baddest fucking southern rock band that's been around in a long, long time. If you never listen to them, check them the fuck out. They're from Georgia. Um, they're not from uh, North Carolina, but I don't give a fuck about that. Uh, Marcus King band, that that dude's killer. I think he's from, I think he might be from South Carolina though, but right there on the border. Um, I think Warren Haynes was kind of pumping him up giving him a bit of a platform, if you will, and helping some put some eyes on that young man. He's a fucking killer. Um My wife loves him. I think he looks kind of like, I think he reminds her of her daddy, except, you know, just just the way he looks, the big round face and shit like her daddy did. And I don't know. I think she thinks he's pretty, reminds her of, of her long lost daddy. R.I.P. Ricky. You are missed, brother. Um... Damn, a lot of R.I.P.'s in this shit, man Musicians Fucking dying and stuff That shit is whack um, Rival Sons Oh, by the way, Jim Florentine Jim Florentine's a comedian I think he's a Jersey boy I think he lives up there next to Uncle Joey And uh, that's where I first heard About Blackberry Smoke, right? From a New Jersey boy Turning me on to some Southern shit I saw him wearing a Blackberry Smoke shirt on that metal show when it was on VH1 Classic, and I was like, Blackberry Smoke? Is he fucking, is that some briefer or some shit he's fucking putting on there? I was like, they're not going to let him wear that. And so I had to check out um, Blackberry Smoke, and then I, I found out who they were, and shout-out to Jim um, on that. He fucking turned me on to that shit, and um, you want to hear some wild shit is that those cats ended up playing a concert on my wife's, aunt and uncle's land right so it was like we could hear concerts sometimes on our deck at our old place we used to have a place my wife grew up in she well since she was like nine and uh, we sold that this past year 2021 we sold that motherfucker and i paid off the mortgage and put a little money away which is nice um anyways where was i was oh blackberry smoke man fucking they came out there and played this place called norris creek uh, these old boys had started leasing this place from her aunt and uncle, and they uh did like a they re- they leased it to do some classic like tractor shows and shit, y'all. That's that's what you get down here in North Carolina out in the country. And uh but at any rate, they I don't think they knew what a rocking band this shit was. But very spoke. Somebody clearly fucked up. Her aunt was like, I guess they're all right, but they sure didn't need a haircut. It's like, oh my god. That's fucking funny as hell. And by the way, do you hear that? Even Southern people doing Southern, making fun of people with Southern accents. So it's fucking everywhere, man. Don't feel bad. Bill Burr, You make, everybody makes fun of us, man. We do it too. Shout out to Bill Burr out there on his fucking podcast, the Monday Morning Podcast, always fucking crack, ragging on us even though he went to state for a little while. God damn it. And then you pull for Duke instead of the Tar Heels. I guess you really did go to state, Bill. Damn it. Makes me disappointed. Although I did see your fucking picture at the, uh, Tar Heel football game. So that was cool, man. I'm just giving you a shit. Don't, don't hate me. Um, you'll probably never fucking hear this, but you know, anyway. Um, yeah, music, man. It's fucking, it's important, man. I fucking love that shit. And If I had the money I'd spend on concert tickets and shit, I'd fucking have a pile of it sitting here, but you know, a lot of memories you can't, you can't fucking, uh, can't can't pay for that shit you know i mean i guess you can can go to goddamn concerts but and you know don't black out at every one of them so you can fucking remember some of that shit um (laughs) but you know speaking of the blacking out shit it's like i i was thinking one time about how it's easy to get lost you know i've told many people i partied like a fucking rock star a lot but i was just never a rock star and i mean I read The Heroin Diaries about fucking Nikki Six and I was like, ooh, some of that's a little too close to home, bro. Um, I was surprised that I could relate to some of that, kind of put things in perspective. When I was about 30, I read some of that shit, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I went a little deeper than I thought I did, and um, I wasn't a fucking rock star. And, you know, at that time in my life, I barely even had a fucking radio. Uh, I think about that shit sometimes, and I I thought, you know, maybe music can save your life, man, but you can fucking go down the rabbit hole of trying to live up to be like your your fucking heroes, man. And um, I certainly was trying to do that, Uh, and all I got was a habit. And, I mean, I have a fucking, a lot of memories of going to shows, and I fucking still love music. Don't get me wrong, it's fucking super important to me. I listen to it every fucking day. If I didn't, I'd die, I think. It's just... It's medicine to me. Um, but sometimes you can forget to stop and listen to the fucking music, man. You know, it's just in the background playing on the stereo while you're, you know, raising fucking hell. And you you forget that the reason you started doing the fucking partying was the music. You know, I guess it's a lot easier to to do that than to have the discipline to fucking, you know, be a musician. And it's fucking scary getting on stage. Just make no mistake about it. I've been on stage, I sang a solo in front of my whole junior high school. I think it was I think it was ninth ninth grade, ninth grade, I got a solo there and um, I sang a little beginning part of a song at in front of the whole school and and that was pretty tough. I had some teachers come up and we were blown away by about me doing that, of course. They were like, Man, we didn't know you could sing if it wasn't for you, you couldn't even hear the boys singing at all. And um so that made me feel good, and I really liked that. Um, so, yeah, it can it can do good things for you, no doubt. Oh, and I got on stage a few times at the Blue Bayou up in Hillsborough, and I was there with my Aunt G. Me and her sang some tunes up there. It was a fucking hell of a lot of fun. It was a huge rush. It was scary as hell to get up there, but when people clapped and stuff, and you got off the stage and people were coming up afterwards and telling you how good you sounded harmonizing together, and, man, that shit made me feel good. Like really good, made me feel uh, good in my good places, as people say. You know, down deep in my, my my warm my warm spots down in my, my little chest area, you know. Warming up that lump of coal. But yeah, man, fucking music. It can save your life. But yeah, don't forget to fucking. Don't forget to fucking stop and listen to it, you know? Don't just get caught up in the bullshit. But, uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know what else I wanted to say about music, and, uh, at least in this episode, um, yeah, raise hell or fucking mellow out or whatever music does for you, man. If it gets you motivated to get the day going, or if it helps you mellow out at night, don't forget to do that shit. Um, like I said, it's medicine for me. I think it can, can help heal folks. And, um, yeah, man, don't forget to follow me, please. If you like this shit, just follow. Just follow it, man. Really, to help me out. Um, again, I want to thank my wife, Tanya, my producer. Without this, I I wouldn't be able to pull any of this shit off. Um, I got a picture in here of me and her together sitting under Davy Poplar at UNC and, and one picture of us at uh, the Arboretum over at NC State, just for you Wolfpack people i got y'all there too the picture of us together is us there because i love that place um it's a fucking awesome arboretum i love duke gardens too y'all i ain't hating on duke gardens um but yeah please follow and um i think like i said again i'm gonna try to get fishing and maybe i can get a little video up on youtube uh on this new channel it's just hard as shit to upload video from the house i can do this podcast but uploading video from way the hell out here man is it's pretty hard um anyway thanks for listening guys i really appreciate it um i hope you enjoyed it i hope you laughed and uh, i hope it took you down a little memory of your own thinking about all these bands and shit man i know i always love it when somebody like uh, joey diaz will get he'll get somebody on his podcast like um what's my man's name dean, dean del rey and uh they'll they'll fucking talk about music and i love that shit and so i thought you know Let's talk about how important music is to me and what it's meant to my life. And so I wanted to do that for you all, and I hope you enjoyed it. And, again, follow the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon.